irreverent, entertaining, cool. You're listening to LA Talk Radio. You're listening to Question Reality with Priscilla Leona, right here on LA Talk Radio. and host of this show and we are coming to you live from Los Angeles, California. For 10 years we've been ranked the number one entertainment career advice internet radio show and this is the show for you if you're currently pursuing or dreaming about a career in the entertainment industry and the guest on this show will help you by providing tips, advice and resource information on how and what it takes to pursue a successful career in a wide variety of show business professions. Now, the guests on this show include Grammy winners, Emmy winners, Tony Award winners, reality TV stars, film and music producers, film, television, theater directors, casting directors, talent managers, screenwriters, actors, singers, songwriters, comedians, script supervisors, stunt people, entertainment attorneys, and the list just goes on and on. And again, they range from obviously the professional being the Emmy, Grammy, Tony Award winners, uh, all the way down to the working professionals. And then once in a while, we'll bring on a novice just because we like to give the full spectrum and learn about the trials and tribulations of pursuing a career in the entertainment industry. Now, if you missed any of our shows, please go to our archive page, which is on the latalkradio.com website, and search for our show, Question Reality, or you can search by my name, Priscilla Leona, and all of the Question Reality shows are also available for free on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher.com under the podcast section. Please make sure that you go get our free mobile app, which is located on the homepage of the LA talkradio.com website and it's located on the right hand side towards the bottom just have to scroll a little bit and finally if you want to be a guest or refer someone to be on this show to promote themselves uh, showcase their products or just genuinely help listeners with sage career advice uh, we're currently booking guests through the end of December so in order to submit yourself you have to go to our official website, which is different from the LA Talk Radio website, uh, that's where we air the show. To submit, you want to go to questionrealityradioshow.com, questionrealityradioshow.com, and click the contact link, and that is how you can submit for interview consideration. Now, as always, we have a very, very great guest. I just think, ah, when I heard his song today, I just loved it because it just took me back. It was very nostalgic to listen to. His name is David T. Dunn. He is an Americana, blues, rock, reggae, country singer, songwriter, uh, and I'm sure he writes for more more musical styles than that. Um, There was a whole list. I'm just narrowing it down. But uh, David's latest song is called Catch That Train, and it's playing on radio stations throughout the United States and Canada, and I believe that he's about to go on tour. Now, what's fascinating is that I think he's the first guest I've had on the show that's written over a hundred songs in various musical styles in his lifetime. And here's he's here today to tell us about his musical journey and provide some very important tips and musical career advice for, for aspiring singer-songwriters. So you don't want to miss that. And very exciting for me, most exciting part is listening to the songs, uh, we'll be playing David's latest song called Catch That Train on the show today around 4.45, so you don't want to miss that either. Um, go to his website, it's davidtdunmusic.com, and you can check him out. But first, I have exciting news myself. 
I am going to be a guest on the new hit reality TV uh, radio show. It's a hit reality TV. No, let me start that again. I'm going to be a guest on the new hit reality TV podcast show called Pink Shade with Aaron Martin this Tuesday, July 17th at 1 p.m. And I'm so excited because as you know me from all these years, you know I love and I'm completely obsessed with all things reality television. And I was so thrilled that I was contacted for this opportunity. And we will be dishing and Diving into some of my favorite reality TV shows, specifically the crazy back alley brawl that happened last week on the hit television show, 90 Day Fiance, Happily Ever After. If you are a fan of that show, you know that fight was crazy between the family Chantel and the family Pedro where the hair weaves and the fists and the food were flying, and I was loving it. The popcorn was flying over here. It was absolutely crazy. So if you are a reality television fan and you love that show, I think that's mostly what I'm going to be talking about, but if you want to hear uh, some really super funny and snarky reality TV smack talk. You have to tune in to this episode. Again, it's Pink Shade with Aaron Martin this Tuesday, July 17th at 1 p.m. And you would go directly to the website to listen to that. And it's Pink Shade with Aaron Martin, P-I-N-K-S-H-A-D-E-W-I-T-H, Aaron, E-R-I-N. M-A-R-T-I-N dot com. Now, if you don't know who Aaron Martin is, my gosh, you should. Aaron Martin is the hilarious, funny recap writer on the hit entertainment website called Reality T, which is one of the top entertainment recap websites for all of our favorite reality TV shows on television. And Aaron was recently a guest panelist on the TLC channel, the Learning Channel, uh, to share her thoughts and expertise on the explosive one-hour, 90-day fiancé happily ever after and it was the very very first live after show on TLC did for the 90 day fiance alum and the super fans and it was hosted by the Emmy winning I think she's won two Emmys now but I know at least one uh don't don't quote me on it uh, for two but Emmy-winning host Michelle Collins of the famous show The View and a ton of other shows and projects. So we saw our girl Erin Martin throw down some 90-day fiancé superfan knowledge. And boy, she's funny. I tell you, when I used to read her columns, I would have to have a Kleenex because she is one of the funniest. And I'm not a hearty laugher. I mean, I may do a chuckle here and there, but she has me laughing so hard. The Kleenex are flying over here. So you definitely want to read her recaps on the website, realitytea.com. Yes. So let's move on to the second thing. As you know, I am a judge in several film festivals and I wanted to promote uh, one that I've Really, one of my favorites. It's called N as in Nancy, S A E N Film Festival. And we are currently accepting film submissions. And we would love for you to submit. We are, it's a fantastic uh, film festival. It, it, it invites seasoned and new filmmakers and film professionals from around the world to submit entries for their exceptional online films. And we recognize that there is a growing community of disabled filmmakers. And we enthusiastically invite you to participate in uh, our, our inaugural festival. And we support everybody who submits to the festival. There is a portion of the proceeds that goes to Cheers to the Warriors, which is a 501c3 nonprofit organization that its primary mission is providing financial assistance through the monetary grants to U.S. veterans who have been injured in combat. So it's something I feel very strongly about. And I hope that you can go there and submit. It's N S A E N. Dot com. So 
submit your film for consideration. Ah, I can't promise that I'll judge it, but it will be judged. It shall be judged. And lastly, I want to do a shout out to my absolute favorite, favorite restaurant of all time, being from the East Coast myself, uh, one of the huge uh chicken chain i like to call them it's called bojaggles it's a actual a southeastern regional chain of fast food restaurants and they specialize in cajun seasoning fried chicken buttermilk biscuits so it's equivalent to popeyes but not because i'm telling you bojangles if you've ever eaten at bojangles you'll say kfc who popeyes who oh heck no I am going to Bojangles. There would never be a choice. Unfortunately, Bojangles is not out here on the West Coast. And if I had my very own private jet, I would fly every day to go to Bojangles because this is how good their chicken is, their biscuits, everything. Oh, I cannot express to you how good this is. But I really want you to check out their website. If you live and are fortunate enough to have a Bojangles near you, and you think, oh, I haven't had it in a while, because of course you don't want to have it every day and live for a long, healthy life, but it's a great food that you can snack on at least once a week, uh, go to Bojangles.com and check it out. I'm telling you, fantastic food. Oh, I love it. All right, so without further ado, let's get back to the star of today. Again, his name is David T. Dunn, and he is here to promote his latest song called Catch That Train. Welcome to the show, David Dunn. Hi, thank you. My God, that's a great name, David T. Dunn. I love it. That's a star name. Like it should be up on up in lights, David Dunn. Hey, I agree with you. <laughs> I think you should have it in neon lights all over your house. David Dunn, David <laughs> Dunn, flashing everywhere. Uh, now, I wanted to uh, say congratulations on your single, Catch That Train. Uh, as I was telling you earlier, I love that song. When I listened to it, I was just transported back to the sound of the Americana 70s music. It was so nostalgic. And it's so nice to see that people are still writing and performing those style songs. Now, as I said, I understand that you've written over 100 songs and you've won a bunch of laurels and accolades. And I honestly, David, I can't imagine writing one song but 100. Wow! That is so fascinating to me to hear that people can actually write that many songs. So my question to you is, uh, how do you do it? I mean, is writing that many songs in a lifetime a normal thing for every single singer-songwriter? I mean, do they have, like, songwriting fear? Do they singer-songwriters go, oh, my gosh, he's written 100. I got to write 100, too. Do they feel pressure to write a ton of songs to, to have it on their discography? Well, I can only tell you how I do it. I can't really speak for anybody else, but I kind of work backwards. I'm a very hook-oriented songwriter. I like the chorus, the part you can sing along with. When I was a little kid, that's the part I was waiting for so I could sing along with the song. And that kind of emergence of, uh, of words and melody and rhythm just sort of comes into my brain. I don't really consciously think that up. So I actually can almost feel like I can't claim it, but it kind of drifts into my mind and I recognize it as something I could make into a song. And I try to record it right away, just usually on my smartphone, you know, I just sing it into the, the memos or something and write the words in if the words are coming to me too. But then after, after I have that part, I can think about what this is, might actually be meaning and I can work backwards. I can use the craft of songwriting to work backwards and put the verses in and the bridge in and all that kind of stuff. But without that initial spark, I really, you know, I have to, I work off of that. And fortunately for me, that kind of stuff drifts into my mind a lot. So I don't know where it comes from. I don't claim that I create it, but it just comes into my brain and I work with it. I think a large part of it is just recognizing that there's something there and not letting it just drift on and go off into the, the ether mist. You know? Right. Write it. I know I've heard some songwriters write it on toilet paper. They write it wherever the heck they are. 
my gosh, I think yep. a lot of the Beatles, I think I heard one of the Beatles actually uh, wrote, uh, like came out with a whole song. I don't remember who my husband would know who, but came out with a song in the shower. And then and then I think Paul McCartney was dreaming. It was a song and he went into the studio yep. and he said, he said, hey, did any, does anybody know if this is a song? And he had actually dreamed it. My goodness, that'd be great just dreaming up a hit song. But um, so just to, for those who aren't familiar, familiar with um, musical styles and how to write a song when you say that you come up with the chorus first um, for to to make sure people understand that's sort of that's the hook right it's the hook yep, that's the like, hook that's the sing along sing along yeah yeah so it was like you can yep. ring my bell you know it's like, that's the hook so the chorus is the hook so what is there like a certain structure to songwriting like if i wanted to say i want to write a song right now what would i do first that you personally recommend not that everybody follows the style but what you said you first come up with the hook so if you're if something keeps you know rattling around in your head maybe write that down first then what would you do next do you write like the, i know there's a hook there's i mean there's a chorus there's a bridge i'm confused but i know there's like four parts right yeah i mean it's you know you have the verses and then of course you have the chorus comes in and like a, a normal structure not normal but a, a you know standard structure would be you know verse intro a little instrumental intro then verse and then the chorus and the verse and then the chorus and maybe go into the bridge which can be have words to it or just be an instrumental part which is a little something different than just the verse and the chorus and then that'll drop into uh, uh, an instrumental break which could be based on either a verse or a chorus and then if you have more things to say you can write another chorus or if not you can just reprise the chorus and sing that again Got it. Now, obviously, inspiration for writing songs comes from kind of the same sources. It's love, romance, breakup, heartache, happiness. I mean, that's what we write about, obviously. But where does your particular inspiration come from to be able to write that many songs? I mean, you would have to be inspired like the moment you open your eyes all day long, right? What What's you know, I think it's. I think. Household, I want to come live over there. Yeah, I think it's just daily trials, troubles, and tribulations. I mean, things build up in you, stressors build up in you, and and at least for me, I mean, that's the way I release them. And like I said, it's really not a conscious thing on my part. It's just the way I've always done it. And uh, I mean, I think I have a a little motor in my body sometimes that's always going. I mean, that sounds kind of goofy, but that's really it. Because I've had people checking me out at the grocery store going, what are you singing? And I won't even realize that I'm like humming something in my head. So, you know, I think I have a little engine going all the time that, that, that things bubble up to the top. And I'm fortunate enough to be able to recognize it that I could make a song out of it. So, mm, I guess that's similar to when a comedian comes out with a joke it can be anywhere i have friends that are comedians they, they're standing yep. in the line at the grocery store and they think they see something a kid doing something or a magazine and they just think of a joke and thank goodness we have start smartphones now because back in the day they would just start writing on magazine covers and they'd have to buy the whole the whole magazine <laughs> if they were if they were honest mostly they ripped the page out but not good all right so this this lead single lead single catch that train i understand that it's recently had radio release to stations throughout the united states and canada and i believe that you either are about to go on tour or you went on tour because you know my information may be a little old we booked you a long time ago so uh did you yeah. go on tour or are you about to go on tour well i'm about to go on tour for this i mean i've gone out and toured around uh me and my two sons did a little I live in Florida at the moment, and me and my two sons did a little uh, tour around the southeast about uh, six or seven dates in, uh, in Birmingham and Atlanta and then Chattanooga and Rome and uh, then came back to, to Florida. But I'm trying to sell my house right now and, uh, and move to Colorado, so uh, hopefully I will be out of Florida uh, in the late fall and 
me and my wife are going to hit the road and travel across the country as and play as many jobs and uh, as many dates as we can we can handle, you know, and just keep going from there. Oh my God! Now, see, I love that you have really hit the Partridge Family tone with me here. Like getting <laughs> yeah. on the Partridge Family bus, taking the family on tour. I love it. It's, so, it's something like that. I love that. Now, let's talk about that because I think that is got to be so much fun, packing up the wife and the kids and doing this. This is something that doesn't really happen in this day and age, but it would seem like that was the way to do it, and that is the most fun. So um, let's take it for what it is, and we're doing the Partridge Family Tour. We're doing the David T. Dunn tour here. That's the tour bus. Uh, You're selling your house. First of all, moving to Colorado, absolutely the booming place to move right now. There's so many business opportunities, especially in the marijuana field, but not promoting that. Uh, but it's a great opportunity. People are flocking to Colorado. So if you're going to sell your house, Colorado is a beautiful place to move to. I have lots of friends there. So are you, who is in charge of the little David Dunn tour? Uh, who's booking this, uh, booking the places? Do you do it personally? Does your wife? Is it, you know, a combination? This is for people who want to do it that way. How would you do it? Well, I primarily do the booking myself. Uh, There's various websites online, uh, you know, Indie on the Move and that kind of stuff that you can find, uh, you know, the jobs at and submit stuff as long as you have some product. or It really helps to have a nice web page with some product to push and you just, you know, book yourself as you go along. It's it's really not too difficult. I mean, you have to. Uh, you're not going to get rich doing it that way, but you can usually make enough to support yourself and sustain the tour. But at some point down the road, I'm looking to maybe hook up with a more professional management situation and get into some bigger type of situations and venues. And that's the plan anyway. But to start off with, we're going to uh, to push ourselves as it was on our own as much as we can get. Now, see, David just threw out a nice little resource information. He said there's a website called ndonthemove.com. I believe that would be I-N-D-I-E-O-N-T-H-E-M-O-V-E.com. What is this website, David? This is a valuable piece of information for aspiring uh, artists. Tell us about it. It's uh, just a compendium of all different kinds of venues featuring It'll tell what kind of music they feature. It'll tell what they're looking for. It'll give a contact uh, person and, and, uh, you know, email, usually it's an email, and a way to get in touch with them. And you just sort of match what you're doing with the people, the places that seem like they would be receptive to the music that you play. And you just sort of start from there and kind of, uh, it's kind of self-perpetuating, but once you get moving, you can kind of tell, you know, people that are close by within a, a range you can reach the next day that you're you're coming and, you know, you'll be in town and, you know, could you have an opening or something. That's and if they, can go, they, sorry, if they can go to your website, if they can go to your website and listen to your music, then that's really helpful. You know, they David, can check, David, check you out right away. David, I can't tell you how in the 10 years I've been doing this show, no one has given that great of a tip that you just gave to an audience right now. I did not know, and I have been doing this for a long time. I've never, I never heard of this website. I didn't know it existed. And yet that is a perfect place for aspiring singers and songwriters to do. I can't tell you how invaluable that that piece of information was. So thank you so much. Andyonthemove.com. Is this a one of a kind uh, website or do they have more websites like this? Well, there are others like that. That's the that's the one that I use primarily. But if you do if you do a little search and you can find some others that are are like that. But that that one has a, a lot of references and a lot of information on it. So yeah, I'm glad you check, checking that one out. That's what I was going to say. Is it legit? But you just verified oh, that. Oh, yeah. Wow. Sure, yeah. So they don't, charge you, they don't charge you to – do they charge you like a fee to be a, like a member and you have to pay a fee, but that's what you get? There's a different, different levels of participation. Uh-huh. There's, a, there's a free level. You know, I mean, it's like anything else. Nothing is free anymore these days. Right. 
but they do have a free access to stuff. But you can get if you want to get a little more involved. There's a little money changes hands, but uh, that's business. That's right. That's what you got to do. You got to spend money to make money. Oh my Absolutely. gosh! Well, well, there you go. I mean, gosh, David, that's a wonderful tip. Endyonthemove.com. I'm actually going to go to the website after the show, and I'm going to check it out so I can get more information, and I'm going to be promoting that uh, because I. I don't think a lot of people have even heard about it. I, 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 I thank you so much. Okay, so your music can best be described, correct me if I'm wrong, as Americana, along with many other styles, but mostly like Americana, where it has a strong blues influence. And um, I believe each song in the Americana genre tells a story that is uh, colored with catchy infectious melodies and it has that nostalgic sound so how does how do you feel uh i when i hear americana music i start thinking 70s i might be wrong again i'm not a musician but i think 70s and i think you know eric clapton and i think of all the greats that did americana don mclean um so did you start writing it, when did you start? First of all, take us way back. Like, how did you know that you wanted to be a singer-songwriter? And then when did you actually feel like you had gone from wanting to be to actually you're on the path you considered yourself, I am a singer-songwriter? Oh, David, I can't hear you. Something happened. Oh, are you there? There you are. There you are. Go ahead. I said I've been around a long time, and... I pretty much came out of the womb singing. I mean, my dad told me, other than a healthy baby, he wanted somebody who could sing. And and so I remember singing, as a, sitting <laughs> in a little rocking chair David. and singing as a little kid. <laughs> oh, you're so funny. Your dad said, well, now you got, if you want to be my son, you got to be able to sing. Got to sing. <laughs> That's right. He, he loved to sing, and he, he was a guitar player, too. So, But uh, I just... I was an only kid, and both my parents worked, so when I got home from school, it was just me and the old console stereo, so I listened to music all the time, and, and they played music all the time, and, and it was quite a variety of music, so, I mean, I, I like all kinds of things, and to me, Americana, to some extent, is just kind of a compilation of, of all different forms of music, but it does have a strength, and, and it is very singable, and it usually has a narrative or a story or a point of view to it. So, but it does encompass everything from, you know, blues to reggae to a little bit of punk and that, anything like that, you know, and a lot of country, it's always associated with country, but it's actually way more than that. So. Wow. So, so when you, um, what did you start out playing, uh, the little, you know, dive bars and the little honky tonk places where all the fun stuff happens. Did ha- what was your first? What can you remember? Was your very first venue where you played in front of people and you got that stage fright and you were like, "Oh shit, here we go!" <laughs> well, uh, down. <laughs> yeah. I started out in the seventies. Actually, like I said, I'm a, I'm older than dirt, but. Uh, <laughs> I got married pretty early, and I started having kids pretty early. Uh-huh. So I had to sort of be a responsible person for quite a while there. So I was in and out of the music business over the years. and uh, But now I don't have to be responsible for anybody except for me and my wife, and she can be responsible for herself. But the first place I actually played was uh, in Athens, Georgia, at a place called Tyrone's. And that was back when all those bands, R.E.M. and uh, and were coming out of Athens and everything. When that was a real B-52s and all those. That was the 80s, though, right? That was like. Mm, Yeah, I guess it was the 80s. That's probably right. Yeah. Early 80s. But, you know, I played, uh, and dive bars are great to play. I still play dive bars. I have no problem with that. Yeah, they're the best. (laughs) They are. All the real stuff happens there. But, uh, you know, I I never wasn't writing songs, though. Even when I was working in other careers, I was still writing songs and still playing my, you know, my instruments. And and I've always had a home recording situation, so I was always able to record songs and stuff. 
And I, I never quit writing. That's how I accumulated, you know, a lot of material that way. Even though I might not have been working full-time in a music business at the time, I still was compiling material. So when I got my opportunity to uh, attack it on a full-time basis, I, I had something to show, you know. Oh, that's the way to go. Bill, that's where you, you, when talent and opportunity come together, that's when you can really make the magic happen. So playing these little, little, um, you know, honky tonk dive bar places, which are the best place because you're, I mean, they don't, they, they're not going to sit there and be polite. If they don't like you, you're going to get a damn beer mug thrown at your head or a tomato. So you got to yep. at least be able to be <laughs> somewhat good to stay there longer than a couple minutes. So what can you share with us your, maybe your funniest or most interesting story when you first started mm. out or, you know, ever, because you always, uh, that, uh, that a musician, <laughs> a singer songwriter might, you know, say, hey, I hope that happens to me, or oh, I don't want that to happen yeah. to me, or that was funny. Well, I used to play in a house band every Friday and Saturday night in this biker bar, which was actually in downtown Atlanta, believe it or not. It was a, you didn't think there were any biker bars in downtown Atlanta, but at the time there were, and we played up in the balcony, looking down onto the bar, you know, and and all kind of fights and everything else. We'd be playing away, and people would be rolling around on the floor down there <laughs> fighting and stuff like that. Seems like reality and, TV. I love it. It, it, was, it was very reality. It was too much reality sometimes, but uh, yeah. it was interesting. Well, we were there probably a year and a half, I guess, the band I was playing with. But they let us play. See, I, I came up in an era when everybody played original music. You know, you didn't go out. When we went out to hear a band, they were going to play original stuff. So I never really got into playing copy music per se, and I had plenty of material, and I had a few partners that also had a lot of material over the years. So uh, I liked that aspect. Some of that's kind of slipped away a little bit now. If you just go out for local entertainment, you hear a lot of copy tunes and stuff. Yeah. But I really like the original stuff. Anytime I hear another artist play, that's maybe playing some copy, I'll go throw some money in the tip jar and go play me some of your original stuff because that's what yeah. I want to hear. You know? Yeah. Oh, you know, that's completely opposite of the places I go to because when we ha when we go to see original artists, my husband is just a little aside. My husband's a um, software developer by day, but on the weekend he plays jazz guitar. He plays bass yep. and guitar, but um, he's obsessed with jazz, but he loves, you know, the Beatles and the Eagles and all the, you know, Eric Clapton and et cetera, et cetera. So he is, he brought me, he made me aware of the fact that music these days, you are hearing less and less of guitar. As a matter of fact, they practically have obliterated it in modern music. If you go, most of the musical artists like the millennials and maybe the Gen Z, I believe that's what it's called now, they, what yeah. they're doing now, here's what happened. I just watched the Graham Norton show a couple of weeks ago, and they are starting to promote a singer with a DJ. That's the new band, a singer yeah. and a DJ. Yeah. You know, you've seen this, right? And I'm like, what mm -hmm. happened to the band? There's like, I mean, you still see it, but that the, seems to be the path that they're going on for, you know. Whatever. Well, it does, and, and maybe the mega commercial aspect. Of yeah, it. yeah. You know, I mean, I, I work, and I'm not really interested in that at all because I don't like that kind of music. I like stuff that I feel is more real, at least is more real right. for me right. anyway. But I think there's room for everybody. You oh, know, yeah. there's... there's they're little circles and, and, and orbits of different types of music, and you can find the place that you fit in best. And if you, you know, are liable to, if you do get some sort of recognition from it, you might, you know, actually take what you're doing to a different level. But, but you right. can find a place to fit in if you want to oh, be out yeah. there. Oh, yeah. There's music for everyone, just like there's film for everyone. Thank goodness there is something for everyone in the world. Uh, well, I wanted to, uh, you were saying how, You'll put money in the tip jar and ask them to play original. That's just completely opposite to what uh, we experience because when we go to see original artists, because, you know, my husband loves that music as well, people yep. in the audience will go and tip and ask the band to play covers. 
Oh, is that right? Oh, yeah. That's I have never experienced anyone that has asked a band to play and play original stuff. They will say, "Hey, if I, you know, if I give you a ten dollar tip, will you play Stairway to Heaven or will you play mm. something original?" So that's my experience, completely different from from yours. But it's good to see because that's the the bands and musicians appreciate that more to be able to, you know, promote their original stuff. So, um, okay, so I understand. Uh, that you're signed to Star One Records, or yep. you may not be. Okay, so good. <laughs> I'm updated. All right, so Star One Records, and that they're helping you promote your album or song, and yep. uh, specifically catch that train. So it is, I'm going to get your thoughts on this. It's so hard for musical artists to be signed by a major record label these days. There's hardly any left, as you know. And you really have to, as a singer-songwriter, you really have to do all of the very, very hard work that the labels used to do for their artists automatically when they signed you with their label. Now, you've been in the musical world for a long time, and you've definitely been part of those musical transition. So can you tell aspiring singers and songwriters uh, from your best understanding, yours, not that it's, you know, absolutely end all be all, but yours of what a record label, a record label, not like Sony or Capitol, but say Mm -hmm. Star One Records. Okay, Star One Records. Can you tell us what a record label like Star One Records does and doesn't do for an artist today. Oh, I can't hear you again. You dropped out again. Oh. There you go. Am I back? Yep. Back? There you okay. Go. I'll stand in this one place in my kitchen. This <laughs> <is really good. laughs> That's it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I, I recorded, I don't know, probably closer to 300 things at home. I mean, fully produced because I could play a lot of things. But I decided I wanted to do a, a studio album. And I wanted to do the songs that I've written that I thought other people might record, you know, because I, I primarily like to, would like to be recognized as a writer. I enjoy entertainment, but really the writing is where it's at for me. I'm fortunate enough to have a really nice studio literally right up the street from where I live, and I know the engineer that owns the place. So we worked over a period of six months and uh, got an album together, you know, it's the on my uh, website, davidtitoandmusic.com, the album is actually called Morning Man, and there's 13 original songs on there. Somehow, uh, Star One, somebody gave them a copy of it. I'm not, I'm not actually sure how that happened, but I was, I was handing them out like candy, you know, CDs, which nobody uses CDs anymore. But you know, they, they contacted me and said we. We heard your stuff, and I, we think it's something we can work with, you know, if you're interested in, in uh, letting us do some promotion for you. And I said, yeah. And there again, money changes hands. You know, it's not a, not a free ride. But uh, they culled the six songs from the 13-song uh, Morning Man album and decided to catch that train, which is actually the last song on the album Morning Man because I thought it sounded, I wanted to end it with that, you know, train going away thing. But uh, they decided that was a good single, and then they chose uh, five other songs for the six songs electronic press kit called Catch That Train. And I started promoting it, I mean, setting up interviews such as this and, and, and other things. And I got, I mean, Catch That Train's on the Country Americana charts, and it's on the College Envy charts. I've been on the charts for about, 16 weeks, I think. Fortunately, I've been rising a little bit every week. Not making me a rich man, but you got to be out there. You know, you've you really got to have some product to show people. That's why I really stress having a website, getting the best recordings you can of your music. And you can make some pretty good ones at home. You don't have to go into a studio if you, you can't afford with garage, that. With but, Garage Band specifically. Is well, there, there are all sorts of softwares that, that no. you can work with and 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 little hardware situations, and for not a lot of money. But you have to have product. You have to have something for somebody to, to, to listen to, and uh, to get their attention. And, and fortunately, they they liked what they heard, and so we've been working on it here. 
like I said, these songs, for the most part, probably nine or ten of the 13 songs are probably, for my own judgment anyway, the songs somebody else might record. You know, I've had some local people here record a couple of my songs, and, and some of them do them as part of their repertoire. But uh, that's what this album was about. I mean, I write all kinds of stuff, you know, not specifically this all the time, but that's what I was trying to do with this record. And it's been working out so far, so we'll see see where it takes me. So let so this I'm glad that uh, two things popped into my mind as you said that um, with you being able to write for so many different genres, can you and you are more interested in the writing aspect? Are you open to writing a song for an original film? Oh yeah, sure. That's you know, that's another marketing part of it. Uh, you can if you listen to anything, uh, any kind of a streaming outlet or TV or movies or anything, they're filled with music. And that's, they pay for that music. They buy that music from somebody. And so that's, that's another aspect of it. There are more right. people that are oriented, oriented toward that more than I am. Um, there's a, a taxi, you may have heard of taxi.com. They, they, they will pitch your songs and a lot of the, the stuff that they pitch to are films and, and music and, or, uh, and, you know, television shows and stuff, different no, applications. I, I have not. Let's get that again. T-A-X-I, like taxi cab, yep. T-A-X-I. Yep. Yep. Like taxi cab. Wow, that's a great Ta- source. Oh, taxi. my gosh. Com. Okay, got that. Taxi.com. So you go on there, and that's another situation where you sign up, money's is yep. exchanged, and then you sub. And then you can look for jobs that people post on there who are saying, hey, I need an original song for my short film project. Is that sort of how it works? Yeah, that's exactly the way they work. Oh, you dropped out again. Oh, you dropped out again. Oh, there you are. Oh, there you're out again. You're out again. Get back in that spot. Get out of it. Get back in your spot. What the fuck? Can you hear me now? No. Can you? Oh, keep oh. talking. There you are. Stay there. Am I here? <laughs> All right. I won't, move, I won't move in. Don't move anymore. Okay. So, uh, taxi.com. There you go. Look yeah. at that. Another great source. Wow. Yeah, they're actually kind of a brokerage house. I mean, they tell you what they, they represent for people who are looking for music, come to them. And then they, they tell you, you know, the, the members of Taxi, here's an opportunity to do this kind of music. And then you make a submission. And they scrutinize it and see if they think it's what their client might be looking for. And if it is, then they'll pass it on to the client, you know, the person looking for the music. And they, they'll, they'll contact you if they're interested in, in uh, you know, doing something with what you've written. Oh, that is fantastic. Oh, my gosh. I wish we had you here every single week to give all these tips. Okay. <laughs> so uh, last thing. So that so we can perfectly segue into the next question. Uh, I, I'm sure that you know that these days practically everyone who wants to promote themselves or their business has to do so via having a social, a digital, what's called, it's called a digital social media footprint. And you have to do yep. that via Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and Snapchat and LinkedIn and iTunes and SoundCloud and Reverb Nation and the list goes on and on. So I mean people, it has become absolutely mandatory and vital in promoting, uh, maintaining, and just basically advancing your career in any field, not just in music, in any field. So I understand from talking to people that it's been quite challenging for many musical artists to acclimate because a lot of them just want to focus on creating the music and you know what people if that's not your forte you can always hire someone to do that for you and get the help needed from your friends or family members if you can't afford to hire a professional you can get it done from your friends and family members who believe in your music and want to help support you so my question to you is you seem to be very hip you know having the smartphone and being very technologically advanced what path have you taken in your musical pursuits? And maybe speaking, you could speak directly to people who are in your age group or who are having a hard time with the, you know, the, the digital social media footprint. What would you recommend to them? 
Well, the, the easiest thing to set up is just, I mean, a Facebook account, and Facebook will give you a musician's page that can be accessed right from your Facebook account, and you can set that up with, you know, your music on there, uh, where you're playing on there, uh, a little bit of history about yourself, some pictures, videos, that kind of stuff. All of that can be put on a musician's Facebook page, which that's probably the easiest way to go about it. And like you said, there's Reverb Nation, and there's there's just a bunch of them out there. But uh, if you don't have anything going on, and then you could, you could get your own website, too, if you want to, but that's going to cost you some money. Yeah. But, yeah. but the there easiest are thing to really websites. do is a... Is a there are yeah, free websites, thing. right, David? There are free ones where you can get them, and then they just, they just leave their logo. You know, you just let them, like Wix, W-I-X, I think, offers yeah. a free one. Yeah, Weebly, yeah. You, you can email. build a website at Wix. Yeah, uh, and Wix it's so probably, easy. Yeah, yeah, I'm familiar with Wix. Yeah, yeah, yeah so that you can go, place. but like David said, you can do it yourself. And every, I mean, you've got to be smart enough to be able to do a simple Facebook page. But from what I understand, musicians are even able to add their songs. I mean, I don't know if I'm absolutely 100%, but I know you used to be able to put it on your music page on Facebook. Yeah, so, oh, sure, right? you, can, you can upload songs, you can upload video. You know, upload uh, pictures, anything you want, really. Yeah, so if you, you know, just to put your toe in the water, if you are on the older side of things and you have been resistant and you finally are, you know, you want to get serious about your career, you have to have a digital footprint. And even if you just start with a Facebook page, you know, invite friends. There's a little place on there where you can invite friends and then ask them, hey, can you share my page? And who knows, but you got to do something. You can't just sit in your room and, you know, do the singing and songwriting in your garage, so to speak, because, you know, you need, I mean, I w everybody needs to have recognition for your work. I mean, I can imagine some people do do it for themselves and only themselves, but that's very rare. But you got to promote yourself. So no matter what age, you've got to get out there and do the social media. It's mandatory. Okay, so um, real quick, I just wanted to thank you so much for coming on the show. Can you believe we're almost ready to go to play your song? Uh, Most exciting. It's been music. a pleasure. Yes, I hope you come back. Please feel free to contact me directly if you have, you know, for your next project. You're going to go on tour, but maybe when you come back, you'll be wanting to promote another song. Feel free to contact okay. me directly. Do you? Absolutely. Um, are you on Facebook? Do I? Can I? I mean, I hope you are. You just promoted it um, because I don't think we're Facebook friends. If I go on Facebook, can I find you? Uh, you can find me on Facebook, Timothy Dunn. What is it? Say it again. David Timothy, the T is Timothy, David Timothy Dunn. Dunn. Okay, I'm going to go there now and uh, request, I guess you have it set up where you can just like your page, but uh, feel free to contact me or Facebook me, okay. uh, Leona. and when you want to come on, contact me, we'll bring you back on and promote your next song. You can just deal with me directly. Cut out the okay. middle, man, it's my way. Okay, so <laughs> we are about to hear the song again. Thank you so much. You gave so many great tips and so much great advice. I'm excited to listen to this song. It is by the wonderful, I love this man after talking to him. Uh, you are so endearing <laughs> and charming and lovely. Uh, you are promoting this song. It's called Catch That Train by David T. Dunn. And say goodbye to your fans, David. Goodbye, everybody. Yeah. So check me out on my website. Yes, David T. Dunn Music. Dot com, right? David T. Dunn Music. Com. There you go. Thank you, David. We'll see you next week on Question Reality, and let's listen to Catch That Train. Oh, yeah. 
Question Reality with Priscilla Leona, right here on LA Talk Radio. 